0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Off the sock was booted. Gostak over to Kraza. Inside the air. Cuts it back. Looking for Gostak. Trying to turn it inside. Gostak still in possession. And it's cleared up by Oha. And the shot's in for the union. Leon Cronz with his first career. Oh, let's 1-0 Union.
2: Wow. That place was electric last night. What a scene up there at Subaru Park. Of course, you heard that game right here on our airwaves on the Gambler. You're home for Philadelphia Union soccer. Big time win by the boys in blue as now they advance to the Eastern Conference finals year number two for that. Unfinished business. We'll find out who is coming to Subaru Park uh, after the following game between NYC, FC... And uh, Montreal will be played, and we'll find out what's happening there. And looking forward to uh, covering that Eastern Conference uh, final game on uh, October 30th. It is uh, next Sunday, NFL Sunday. The Eagles, no time yet. The Eagles will be taking on the Steelers at 1 o'clock. Don't know what time the MLS match that features the Union will be played, but uh, I will be there up at Subaru Park as I was last night. An, An unbelievable time, of course. The place was packed all the way up, and Everybody was on their feet the whole game long. And just a heck of a job as far as the broadcast is concerned. Pre-game coverage was tremendous. An hour-long pre-game show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. John Jansen and Joe Tanzi live from Subaru Park. And then uh, the post-game show was even better. Of course, they ended up winning the game, so that's why it was a, a tremendous listen on my ride home. But uh, hearing Joe and, and John and Kevin Kincaid joining the party and really breaking it down and, and taking you inside the game, the X's and O's, and and then, of course, the the conversation about who do you want next, and I was surprised to hear Kevin's answer when he said he wants nothing to do with Montreal. Uh, which goes against what our next guest is going to tell us, and that is Joe Tanzi, and he's joining us right now. And be sure to follow Joe at JTanzi90 and read him at com and bleacherreport.com, and you hear him on these airwaves a lot. And, of course, coming up at 6 o'clock, we got the college football pod, uh college football preview pod presented by Bet Parks coming up at 6 o'clock. Joe, good afternoon, sir. How you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing good. Uh, it's always exciting to talk after a another playoff victory in the in the city of
2: philadelphia my goodness and it's happening a lot these days but you know it 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 hits home a little bit differently for us here because we are the home of the philadelphia union and and joe and i created a a podcast a few years ago by the name of union soccer podcast and we've been able to develop that into what we're doing now and nobody knows the mls more than joe Tanzi, and and it's a treat to be able to hear you discuss the games and of course the breakdowns and all that and I thought you were pretty spot on with your analysis in that game last night where, you know, I was hopeful that we were going to see some fireworks, but the scoring was not happening. You saw two pretty good teams going up against each other, trying to feel each other out in that first half. But second half, the Union finally found the back of the net, and uh, Leon Flock with a quick left foot, and now they advance to an Eastern Conference Final. But what was your takeaway from that game last night? Was Why did the Philadelphia Union struggle to score goals in last night's game, in your
3: opinion? I mean, look, that's just good old-fashioned playoff soccer. <laughs> kind of like we were talking about earlier in the week where it, there are going to be games where you don't score three goals or you don't score four goals. You're going to have to rent it out, and, and that style still suits the Union because defensively, look, Jim Curtin will take a 1-0 result, we will take a 2 nothing result because that means the defense still held a clean sheet and gave the Union their chance. And And look... It's part of credit to Cincinnati's game plan. It's also kind of, uh, the chances in the first half weren't as, as solid, uh, solidly taken as they ha- have been in the regular season. I mean, you look at the, the one header, Daniel Gazdag put on goal off a corner kick. Maybe he leaves that for Julian Carranza and Carranza knocks that in. Uh, the, another example we gave last night in post game show is, Jack McGlynn was wide open, about 25 yards from goal, and Slock played a slow pass to him, didn't one-time it, and it messed up the rhythm. So the, the shots were there. They were just being really softly put into the breadbasket of Roman Salentado. and defensively wasn't perfect either. Look, if, if FC Cincinnati is a little more clinical or their timing is is better on a few plays in the first half, the union could have been chasing the game, uh, and this was before Andre Blake's heroics really uh, made the difference in the contest. But credit to them, the one big attacking move they had, and I, I can't, I can't tell you how many times you and I over the last few weeks have talked about Alejandro Bedoya's absence and how he fills that little bit of space on the right side of the field and it allows a lot of things to keep going forward for the union instead of. Keeping the ball back, maybe playing it across, then trying to attack through left. Jack McGlynn took that exact base and run that Bedoya's made plenty of times in that formation and created an attack that it wasn't pretty in the build up, but it was kind of that gritty goal where Gazdag's able to shield off the defender, Uwa keeps it going, and then Leon Flock of all people with a, a stunning finish into the back of that. Look, that's sometimes what you need in playoff soccer. The goal, in these games, they're one offs. It's not a series, is to just advance. And that's what they did. And that's really all that matters. Doesn't matter how it looked, doesn't matter how everyone played. At this point in the season, it's all about advancing, and that's what they did.
2: Yeah, exactly that. That's all I care about as well. Leon Flock did find the back of the net. It's been a long time since he scored a goal. Do you have any idea what his number was as far as uh, goal-scoring prop on DraftKings Sportsbook heading into that game?
3: (laughs) No, but I know from experience throughout the season that he is usually higher than the center backs. (laughs) Um, Wow. That's usually a a four-digit number attached to Leon Clock.
2: If anybody played that, they had to be a family member, right? Like, that's the only way you were playing Leon Flock to or score a goal. Or true
1: degenerate. Well,
2: you? Yeah, I guess. But yeah. what, a, what a goal it was. It was just left over there and, and um, you know, great battling inside that box. And they were able to get it over to him. And, and he didn't and flinch. It was just quick left footer back in the net. And the place was on fire. Uh in my opinion, I just want to, you know, not so much bring it down a little bit, but one thing I thought the union could do a little bit better of moving forward, I don't know, and I get it. Look, if it's a regular season game, I'm okay with the complaining and, you know, the grandstanding, but when it's not, and you're not getting that call, get up off the ground or else you're going to give up a goal, and that could be the end of the season. I just felt like there was too much of that going on. I'm not trying to take the, the referee off the hook, but I was, I was just disappointed with a little bit of that from – it felt very European soccer-ish last night, and all I'm saying is it's a win or go-home moment. And And for me, I'm just like, if they give up a goal going back the other way, I'm going to lose my mind here. Am I reading too much into that?
3: Yeah, probably, because I think there was an equal amount of that on both sides last night. Uh, the referee, Tim Ford, is not one of the, look, he's not one of the elite, elite officials in MLS. He's not, uh, the worst, but it, you could tell maybe the moment was a little too big for him at times. And yeah, I, I think the complaint you, complaint you could make about the union, I could make about Cincinnati as well. So I, I don't think it was really egregious in, uh, on, on either side. I mean, that was just—it was just a battle. It really was. And I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the picture I posted on Twitter last night at the final whistle, where I think it was Jose Martinez, Corey Burke, and one of the defenders—they just fell flat on their backs because it was just such yeah. an exhausting physical match. And look, that's kind of what it was. But yeah, I don't know if it was—it it definitely wasn't specific to the Union. I think Cincinnati had their their fair share of of those uh, those little moments yeah. as well.
2: Well, I only care about one side, so you know what I mean when I say that. But bottom line is they got the victory, they advance, and here we are. They'll be playing on Sunday, October 30th. Who will they be playing, Joe Tanzi? Now on Sunday, the 23rd, coming up at 1 o'clock, the winner of the Montreal Impact and NYCFC game will be taking a trip South, no matter who it is, to uh, down I-95 to Chester uh, to take on the Philadelphia Union on the 30th. We don't know the game time uh, of that game, but I'm curious, where do you stand as far as that match between Montreal Impact, even money on DraftKings Sportsbook, NYCFC plus 255, now it is regulation that is not to advance? Who do you see advancing in that game, Joe? Montreal is
3: the better team. Just overall, flat-out better team, uh, more cohesive unit. And, look, Wilfred Nancy. look, he got my uh, vote for coach of the year. He's done a fantastic job up there. Uh, And maybe we don't notice that enough because uh, Montreal maybe doesn't get into the spotlight um, much, if at all, throughout the regular season. Um, But New York City, they're dangerous. But uh, the step-up in opposition becomes really high from inter-Miami to CF Montreal. So, look, I know there are a lot of people – in the fan base that would love to see NYC because of everything that happened last year, and NYCSD was the team that knocked them out in the Eastern Conference Final, and it would just be kind of poetic. And you you can you can shut down some of those guys. I don't know. My gut says Montreal is the better matchup because NYC has been the hot team recently, but I think I'm in the minority uh, when it comes to that prediction.
1: And I know this is hard to gauge now because they just got done a game in which Alejandro Bedoya didn't play, but that's a lingering injury. Um, it's, it's some time off, so they, they have some time to get him on, but I mean, what would you give the chances right now? Obviously, he was off to the side, not really practicing all week leading up to this game, but what are the chances Bedoya can get back for that Eastern Conference final? Because, as you just mentioned, they could have really used him in that.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's
1: not boring.
4: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over
1: 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over, over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That game last night.
3: Yeah, I can't put a number on it yet. Uh, that's kind of that's the reality of the situation. Um, and I don't know if Jim Curtin would be able to either. Uh, it, it's something that they hoped he would be back for uh, the Toronto game he was. And then 12, 13 minute stint, and it, it, it hurts him again, and or he re-aggravates the injury. And, you know, he was doing running when I was at training on Tuesday, so that's a, a promising sign. But he's got to be, to me, if he's going to be in the game day squad, he's got to be at least 45 minutes fit. Because you run the risk then if you sub him on in the second half, what happens if you need to go to extra time? You're burning a sub. So he has to be, in my mind, 45 minutes fit, maybe even 60, uh, because of the, the circumstances that you could uh, you could face in a knockout game. Look, Jack McGlynn wasn't great, but he did make the one play. Yep. Uh, that, yes, he did. That, that set up like... That, and it's, 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 it's a credit to Jack McGlynn's soccer IQ, which we, we've we've all known has been fantastic. But defensively, I think the Union could use Bedoya because there were so many pockets of space and so many little errors uh, from about the, the 18 to 30-yard mark in front of the Union goal last night where uh, one or two of those probably gets cleaned up if Bedoya's in there. Um, but look, he's got to be, he has to be 100%. Or in my mind at least one half fit because or one or fit for one half because you run the risk of, of burning a sub and completely killing your strategy if a game goes into extra time and he can't go.
2: Talking to Joe Tanzi, J Tanzi nine zero, nobody better when it comes to Philadelphia Union soccer and of course the MLS. Might have a champion on our hands, folks. Get ready. Eastern Conference final coming our way, October thirtieth. I gotta ask of course about the man. Andre Blake, who is an unbelievable force. We have known this from day one. He's proved his worth. You know what I felt what I thought was really cool last night? He got the loudest ovation and people were going absolutely berserk. You see signs in, in the stands. Like everybody realizes how valuable and how amazing he is with the MVP chance. But then he goes out there and just shines and is just swatting away balls that you know what, the average goalkeeper's probably letting in. That's not Andre Blake. Andre Blake is the Joel Embiid of the MLS. I mean, he is such a force down low. I, I wonder what it's like as far as for an offensive player on the other team to be like, you know, coming down and all of a sudden, it's got to be intimidating to see Andre Blake on the other side. It, it's got to be
3: different than going up against other goalkeepers. Do you, you, you think so, Joe? For sure. But I think the, the reason I'll give you a perfect example that um, the Olympico attempt. That I believe it was Acosta that took the corner in the second half. That Blake had to bend back, kind of like Matrix style, to tip that away. <laughs> that yep. that that type of that type of attempt kind of shows a little bit that maybe Cincinnati thinks they can't beat him on his best day. And is that something where they try that because it'll, it'll catch him off guard? Uh, maybe they they can sort of look. That's a, a high degree of difficulty play. A for the ball to get on net. But then be for it to be saved in the manner which it was. So I think in terms of that, um, yeah, it does become a little heart wrenching. And then look, the, the last save he makes on Vasquez, it's a rare mistake by Jack Elliott. And we've seen countless times through the years that that one mistake ends up burning, uh, teams in MLS, but also the union <laughs> mistakes have been made in knock it round games where. Uh, that ends up uh, killing them. And he, he comes up big with the save. So, yeah, it's got to be uh, disheartening, especially in the second half and as the game wears on when you think you deserve a goal. I don't know. If, you can't go into a game as a player thinking, we're not going to score on Andre Blake today because that's just a really poor mentality to have. But I think in terms of, like, in the game, I think that's where it wears on on players more because you realize, oh, it's the... it's. Pressure cooker time in the 60th, 70th, and we don't have one, and then the union get one. So I, I think maybe the final 30 minutes, if you're Cincinnati in that, in that situation, is where that really kicks in. I don't know, but you, you can't go into, into the game thinking that because then it's kind of, it's a, that's a loser's mentality. And no coach is going to let a player think like that. So I think, I think it has more of an effect in the game as he's making more saves. It's kind of like, well we there's no way we're beating this guy what else can we do uh, becomes, yeah exactly yeah it becomes it becomes more of a morale thing in game so i think that's where it has the bigger effect
1: Yeah, and the Union have probably one of the most complete starting 11s in MLS. It's what makes them one of the elite teams, as you were mentioning on the pregame. But I was really impressed with the guys that came off the bench, particularly, obviously, Matt Real and Corey Burke, who came off the bench and provided a spark. How good is this bench for the Union? Again, we talk about the starting 11 a lot and the trio of goal scorers and the four guys on the back line and the goalkeeper that are all great and Martinez, everybody, Leon Flock with the goal everybody's excellent in the starting 11, but you need guys off the bench that can give you some really good minutes at the end of the game, and I thought Burke and Real gave him that. How good is that bench, and how important is that for the next, hopefully, two games for the Union?
3: I don't think it's that good or that deep, to be honest with you. I mean, there, there's, there's a gap in quality between a lot of players on the field and their replacements. And as we've seen with Bedoya, it's taken some time for Jack McGlynn who is a left-sided player, to get used to playing on the right side. And he still struggled defensively last night. But Corey Burke is a very good reserve striker, and he deserves all the credit for um, <laughs> almost scoring twice. And that one hustle play that led to the miss uh, is... It could have been huge, depending on what the situation was. Uh, Real came in, did his job. He's improved in quality throughout the year, but he's gotten very limited opportunities, and uh we're talking one-game sample sizes with him. Uh, he played well against Toronto on Decision Day and plays as Kai Wagner, but I don't know if you would trust him over 34 games to be better than Kai Wagner. So I think you have those two guys, but then, the, uh, I mean, because the 11's been so good, the bench is kind of unproven. Like, if you were to... to Be in a situation where you're in extra time. Who's the guy off the bench? Yeah, it's Corey Burke, and that—that's it. Like that's the only guy you can trust to find a goal because the rest of the guys are young, still a little bit unproven in in those situations. Most of them are unproven in those situations, or guys that are new to the team. So, well,
2: I'll tell you what, I was able to watch El Tráfico, and that was an entertaining game that followed in four two times I was talking myself into the fact that maybe the Union could get lucky here and possibly host an MLS Cup. LAFC unfortunately came out on top, but what a game it was, and you want to talk about depth, you want to talk about scoring, I had that in that game, that's for sure. But as far as LAFC is concerned, um, I hate to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to do it anyways. Union can beat anybody left, correct? The Union,
3: the Union can, sure. Absolutely. There's there's two elite teams in, in MLS and there have been all season. Everybody else is kind of playing catch up.
2: Well, the one thing that LAFC did was they scored those three goals. So we know we know going in, like that's not gonna be a one nothing game, right? Like if, if if the union and LAFC play in the MLS Cup, do you think that's a one nothing game? Or do you think the union are gonna have to score a couple goals to come away with that dub?
3: It could absolutely be a one nothing game. I mean look they've they've played them in two thrilling matches the one pre-covid and the one this season but yeah um anything's possible with with a, a perfect game plan and if there's a team that could hold hold LAFC scoreless it's the union so i that 100% a possibility
2: yeah and if you look down the list of their score of their uh, games they got a couple duds in there a couple one one nothing wins, 2-1, so on and so forth. All right, well, hopefully we're discussing that game. Uh, last night was so entertaining. It was a great time to be there. Of course, Eastern Conference final tickets are on sale. I know the River Ends sold out immediately. Uh, I was on there this morning looking at some tickets around the stadium. Look, it's an Eastern Conference Finals. You're going to spend a couple dollars on it, but I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and extremely rewarding if uh, they come out on top, when they come out on top, as we are the home for Philadelphia Union soccer right here on The Gambler. we got the Phillies coming up, Game 3. Let's go ahead and shift gears, Joe. we got plenty of time to talk all things MLS. Talk to me about tonight's Game 3 between the Padres and the Phils. here. This is a big one. Um, of course, they're all big when it's a seven-game series. Joe Musgrove going, though, for the Padres. He's been pretty dangerous. Ranger Suarez, we're asking for him a lot to... to uh, uh, we're asking a lot for him to duel Joe Musgrove. So, in my opinion, I think we need to see the bats come alive for the Phillies. What's your read on tonight's Game 3?
3: Yeah, I mean, you guys know more about the, the pitching depth of the Phillies than I do. But, I mean, just spot out eye test. Musgrove's a better pitcher than, than Suarez. Suarez, to his yep. credit, has has pitched better in certain moments but if you get game one atlanta suarez i mean it's, you're in for a rough two days if you're the phillies because you're you the second he leaves the game your bullpens taking over until game five and the, the same thing applies to the padres but musgrove's been really good in his postseason starts suarez didn't last past the fourth inning against the braves in game one so that's the concern you have. If the walks get too high, if San Diego's patient, they've run up the pitch count, and then it, it, it becomes a who has the better middle relievers. And I think that's going to be the key tonight and tomorrow is who's middle relief, whose long men are better. Is, it, is, is Clevenger going to give you anything if you're San Diego? Is Cindergaard going to give you a perfect three and then you can, can match up uh, after that? Who knows where this series is going to go, but I think in terms of just, if you ask me who I trust more, it's Musgrove, without a doubt, but yeah. you know, the, the Phillies, they're going to
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Jumba Casino coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
3: No purchase necessary. BGW. revoid Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have to use their bats to, to figure something out tonight, and if not, I mean, both bullpens have been really good, so the the fine margins here, once you get past the fifth inning, are are so tight, which I think is by if you know, early runs are going to be huge and and potentially at a premium tonight.
2: Game three going off seven thirty seven this evening. Let's go, Phils at home at Citizens Bank Park. Place going to be. On a fire. All right. Before we get out of here, let's talk some college football. Once again, the college football preview podcast coming up at six o'clock. So you'll get a steady dose of John Jansen and Joe Tanzi talking all things college football. One play, Joe. I need one winner from the college card tomorrow. Dig deep and let me know one play that you're circling on your card that you we need to follow. Washington minus seven and a half at Cal. Ooh, interesting. Have not discussed this one at all. Please take it away. What? Why are you passionate about this play?
3: Cal's atrocious. Uh, they just scored 13 points in an overtime loss to Colorado. Uh, we knew Colorado was really, really bad, fired their head coach, but Cal is equally as bad. They haven't been able to score points, and what's Washington been able to do? Score a ton of points with Michael Penix Jr. Uh, look, their defense has been shaky, but when you now have a team like Washington who scores a ton and a team like Cal who scores so little, I mean, that game can get really ugly fast. It's a late game tomorrow not at ESPN, but that's one of those matchups where you understand why the line is like that because Washington didn't cover a two touchdown line against Arizona last week, but Arizona is still, they're kind of in the ascendancy in the Pac-12. Cal is not. They're kind of just uh, miserable at the bottom with Colorado and uh, they just can't score. So I feel like uh, this is a game where Washington Handles their business pretty easily. It's a game you might be able to turn off the TV and go to sleep uh, at halftime.
2: Always like those Pac-12 after dark games, and especially when we come out on top, ride that into Sunday morning. One more Pac-12 question: UCLA and Oregon, the Chip Kelly Bowl. Oregon favored by six. Any thoughts on that game? Three thirty kick.
3: Yeah, points, points, and more points. Take the over in that game. Uh, I don't care if it's seventy, 70 and a half. a
2: half. Still over. Okay.
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the – uh if you've watched any of UCLA and Oregon, first of all, their their offenses are, are incredible. But who have their defenses really stopped? Like, they haven't <laughs> done anything defen- – they haven't done anything on the defensive side of the ball to really convince you that they can hold a, a UCLA or an Oregon-type offense to 20-some points. Like, this is a game where touchdowns can be in abundance. Uh, I mean – you have UCLA wanting to prove everything, uh, with D T R Zach Charbonnet, that's a fantastic rushing attack, and of course the Chip Kelly angle is there. But then you, if you're Oregon, like the, the the thing that everybody remembers about Oregon so far through the first half of the season is that loss to Georgia. Like that's if I if I straight up asked you what do you think of Oregon, the first thing you go to is losing to Georgia. They have to rid themselves of that. They'll be more, more than motivated as well. They've played a lot better football since then. It kind of speaks to the perfect storm of circumstances that Georgia had in their favor in week one. So I think you're going to see a lot of points, not a lot of defense. I can't tell you who's going to win this game. I, I know I said a few weeks ago that Oregon's got a perfect pass to the, the playoffs and they, look, they might be the Pac 12's best team if they, if they win this game. I think you could make an argument for UCLA as well but I think regardless of who wins, I think you're going
2: to see a ton of points. Joe Tanzi, ladies and gentlemen. JTanzi90 is where you can find him on socials. You can read him at BleacherReport.com and, of course, over on our website at FoxPHLGambler.com and make sure you stick around at 6 p.m. for the college football preview pod with joe and john joe always a pleasure sir and i mean it unbelievable job by everybody involved last night put that one on your reel man because you guys were absolutely humming in that post game show great stuff and i look forward to hearing all things mls throughout the course of next week of course the union big game we'll find out who we're playing on sunday can't thank you enough joe uh good luck on all your plays and we'll catch up next week man yeah
3: i hope you guys have a uh as much of a stress-free night as you can in a playoff baseball game. I'll be watching as a That's neutral, impossible. hoping it's a, hoping it's a good game.
2: I'm going to the Poconos, so I'm going to be pretty stress-free.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: you demand, Joe. Appreciate it, brother. See ya. There he is, Joe Tanzi, once again, and we're all in a group chat. And Kyle texted the group chat. Did you see it? He's like, "What are you in a bird cage? There that, were birds that bird birds chirping in the background. Where was he? On, that bird was on his shoulder." I mean that thing was like cheep 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 cheep. I'm like, what?
1: I thought maybe I was, I was just looking, hearing things, but I, uh,
3: man,
2: I, I looked I looked over my head. I'm like, is that bird on me? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> that was great. Oh man, I love the union conversation. Of course, uh, last night was was incredible, and um, it's it, it's just pretty cool to to see what we've been able to do and. Make it happen as a station, and of course, everybody over there at the Philadelphia Union can't thank them enough for for rolling with us. And who knows what next year looks like with the change of plans with Apple TV and all that going on. But uh, hopefully, we end this season with a bang. I know last night was a huge game, and, and me and my boy Jerry went to the game last night, and we were just you know talking like hyping things up on the way there. And it's like it all starts tonight. Like this is it, man. You want to win an MLS Cup? Starts tonight. You gotta, you gotta come away with the dub, and they did exactly that. wasn't the prettiest of games, and it never was going to. The, the, that that game
1: is tricky. Yeah. We've we've seen that it's in playoffs. MLS playoffs. Yeah. That number one seed getting the, all that time off. That's a really tricky game against a tricky team that's been playing well in Cincinnati. You know, it's it was always going to be ugly, but that was probably going to be one of the toughest tests. You know, uh, NYC is good, and Montreal's good. Problem is, Union are better. Joe's right. There are two elite teams in the MLS. It is LAFC and it is the Union. And they both got through maybe two of their toughest tests in that first game in the playoffs. So it's, it's a good win for the Union. And I love, like every other Philly team, the crowd gets very pumped up for good defense. Whether that's Blake... Or whether that's guys like Real oh coming God. in, making plays, or Martinez, Blake, or Blake, Wagner.
2: Blake was on another level last He night.
1: was, but I thought the last 15 to 20 minutes, everybody was on another level. Yeah. I mean, they were blocking every single shot. They were very much compact. They were, you know, obviously very good assignments. You know, they they just looked great, I think, that last 15, 20 minutes. And the crowd was eating up every single bit of it. Every blocked shot, the crowd got louder and louder and louder. It yeah. was fantastic.
2: No, it was a great time at the park yesterday. Was walking through a little earlier, and I saw a good, our good friend Chris Albright, who I've known for many years, and now he is uh, running the show over there for FC Cincinnati, formerly with the Union. It was pretty cool, just heck of a show. We chance to, to uh, chance to run into him, like oh my goodness, Chris, what up? And we dapped up, we had some conversation, and next thing you know, shout out to the Union, we, they hooked us up with the tickets. Uh, I'm then in a row. Where we were literally in front of FC Cincinnati's box, which was all the owners and, and you know wives and, and, and Chris was there and all that, and then right over our left shoulder was the Cincinnati's fans, which did a nice little uh, corner square of the stadium to all to themselves. That was you know impressive for a Cincinnati team, first year in the playoffs, second playoff game ever in franchise history. Um, it was just a great time, man. And to uh, get up there and see that win, of course, all eyes were on us, the expectations were through the roof and, and the union haven't necessarily been the top dog heading into these games, you know. They've had they've been more along the lines of an underdog, but not last night. And there was a lot of pressure on that team, but they came through and you know, I'm definitely the depth is an issue as Joe pointed out, but if you're scoring goals with the guys at the top, which you gotta you gotta Plan on doing so. Like, you're not going to win a game 0-0 in in PKs. I don't think they do PKs in the MLS Cup. I know they do do it in the playoffs, but I don't believe they do it in the MLS Cup. I could be mistaken. Oh, my goodness. I would hate to see. I hope they do. No. You have the best goalkeeper,
1: and you have the best penalty kick in the the PK god in Daniel Gazdag. Come on. Hasn't missed one yet.
2: Hey, knock on wood, all right? Knock on wood. All right, great stuff there. That's not wood. That Pac-12 game, though, huh? Washington and and Cal? Didn't talk about that one.
1: Well, no reason to, unless you're betting it, which Joe is.
2: Off the beaten path. I like
1: that. I I think one of his other games, too, is James Madison over Marshall. So Joe is really going off the board. JMU. How predictable was it they get in the top 25 and lose immediately? Yeah. There's a lot of that in college football.
2: A lot of that. You know, you get these teams in there and, they're ranked and, and
1: all know. the pressures on them now, and they came out of nowhere. Nobody thought James Madison would be that good. They're undefeated, now top 25,
2: and couldn't handle
1: it. All
2: right, it's the Daily Ticket. We're live on Main Street Maniac. We got you till six o'clock, kiddies. Um, here's what we're going to do take a quick time out, we'll come back. We'll revisit some Phillies numbers here as we're going to get you ready for game three coming up tonight. This is Bank Park. 7.37, first pitch. Let's go ahead and fire up DraftKings Sportsbook and see if we can pick out a winning play or two on that. Plus, we'll go ahead and give you our p- favorite plays as far as college football Saturday is concerned as well. A lot to do, only a little time. Back after this.
3: Play. Sir. Yeah. yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah.
2: How about it? It is a football Friday, Phillies Edition, though, live on mainstream and from my Philly House. Sean Brace, John Jansen, daily ticket with you here, at Fox Sports Radio the Gambler. And we have ourselves a big, big game going off at seven thirty seven. Those fighting Phils. Take it on the Padres. John Jansen. Tonight a must win for the Phils?
1: That's a good question. Every day. Every, every, every day, day, right? It's the playoffs. You let, you let us know that. I love it. But must I win love. in that. Is the series completely over if they lose this game?
2: That momentum is heavily in favor of San Diego if they come away with the dub tonight. It
1: would Momentum would be in their favor. But I think the offense has shown me enough that they can win a game if it is a bullpen game in game four. And Mike Clevenger stinks. He's not good. So, I don't. I don't know must win. I think Game 5, no matter what, would be a must-win. You have to win Wheeler, start again. You know, you, I think you have to split one of these two games and just come at this 2-2 into Game 5, and that's, I think, the, the first must-win game. But to me, I, if they lose this game, it's, it's not the series is completely over, because if I think they split these two games and then get Wheeler on the mound in Game 5 and win that one, that's, that's where the Phillies have the advantage. So to me, it's just kind of survive. These two games. And I think you know, I, I say survive, but I think Ranger Suarez has been really good. And I think it's downplayed how good he He's is. Been
2: inconsistent though, right? You haven't, would you not agree with that? He had five walks in that game. Joe Musgrove's inconsistent.
1: Had great first half of the season. Second half of the season wasn't good at all. Ranger Suarez was better than Joe Musgrove in the second half.
2: Is Ranger Suarez the most important Philly today?
1: No. Who is? That infield. Boom. Hoskins. No errors. No extra outs today. Because one thing with with Suarez is, yeah, he walks some guys, but the defense also had a few missed plays, and they had a few of those that haven't hurt the Phillies too much yet, but you cannot give extra outs to this Padres lineup. And they've been doing it a few times, and this is the game that if you do that, it could completely fall apart for Suarez because that's what he is. He's a contact pitcher, ground ball pitcher, Bohm and Hoskins cannot have those backbreaking errors. And if they do that, then things fall apart. You know, I know there's a lot of emphasis on Suarez and he needs to control his pitches better, not walk five guys. I get it. But it helps if Suarez is able to get some of those extra outs because he's going to give you uh, double play opportunities. He's going to give you easy outs at times. Make those plays. And the errors can kill them in this one. So I honestly think it's, it's those two are probably the most important, not just because of their defense, their bats as well. Hoskins needs to hit as well as he has, and he's been hitting well.
2: He needs to continue that, but can't have those errors in this one. Once again, DraftKings Sportsbook is where we're getting our numbers from right now as we speak. Be sure to use BRACE as that promo code. Let them know you're listening to us right here on The Gambler. And take advantage of everything they have to offer as far as their promos and their odds boosts. Uh, also, with the new users, five will get you two, honey. All I got to do is pick one. I love that sweater. It's very nice. And, uh, uh, um, you know, with the Halloween. Yeah, yeah, they, they, exactly. They, thank you. Bad job by me. Glad you remembered that Halloween. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, five will get you 200. That's as simple as that. Brace, promo code. Let's go. All right, Padres rolling up. Musgrove, as we just said. Suarez going for the fills. Even money for the Fightins. Minus 120 for Musgrove. Are, are you okay with that number? Should it be flipped? Because that's telling me that the odds makers really do believe that the Padres are going to win for making them just that slight bit of a favorite. I just, well, yeah, I, that's I, disrespectful to what the Phillies just showed you against the Braves, going on the road, beating the Cardinals in two, taking game one against the Padres. I don't think they should be favored minus 120. It could be even money. I'm fine with that. But I don't think the Padres should be favored. But a lot of betting lines
1: are dictated by pitching, and Joe Musgrove is looked at as the much better pitcher in this game. Look how everybody's talking about Ranger Suarez. You no, know, so that doesn't surprise me. It's close. It's it's about you know, I know the, the Padres minus minus one twenty Phillies I saw a plus one oh two, so you know, about even money for this game, which makes a ton of sense. The Phillies are the home team. You know, any other pitching matchup you might get the Phillies more of a favorite here, but Musgrove's gonna get more respect than Ranger Suarez. And that's completely understandable considering, you know, the quality of pitching Musgrove has given all season long. But again, in my eyes, I I think Suarez is better than people talk about him. Uh, and I think he can pitch well
2: in this game. You know, mid major Matt, good friend of the program, good friend of the station. He is a sicko. He ha- he was dialing up some weird, some interesting plays. Not weird plays. First strikeout. First, I think first I strikeout. Plus one ninety for Musgrove. And then on Ranger Suarez like minus 145, and I get it. Because Because he's up first. Yeah, but still.
1: The reasoning behind that, I I think Matt's right. Yes, I agree. Ranger Suarez is a contact ground ball pitcher. He doesn't miss a lot of bats. Now, he has been better striking out batters recently, but he's, again, when he's at his best, he's pitching to contact. It's quick innings, quick outs. I, I'd like that bet. Plus 190 is a lot of – and Musgrove is probably going to strike out one of the first two or three hitters.
2: Look, if you like Musgrove, there's a ton to offer over at, G, uh, over at DK. Right now, Musgrove plus 200 to record the win. Is he going deep enough? Say he pitches well. Say give him his best – give him a top three outing. How many the, innings is he the, lasting? One
1: potential thing that could happen here is the Phillies could tag Musgrove. I, I know he's has better, but I'm, –
2: I'm asking you if he pitches really good, ex, lives up to the expectations, how many innings is he going? I would say five. Yeah, see, that's dangerous. and you can't really go with that play. All right, other ones And here.
1: it's the spot. It's not just Musgrove. It's the spot. The Phillies are back home. Yeah. We know they're better hitting at home than yep. they are on the road. Yep. And their bats are looking good. They scored five runs in that game in San Diego. It's not like they haven't been hitting. They've been hitting go really Phils. well.
2: Let's so, go.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the spot. I don't think Musgrove is going to pitch long enough in this game. He can pitch well, but well could be five innings
2: and a run or two given up. I'm going team total again. I'm a sucker for my poison. It's three and a half. It's been cashing a ton for me. Why not? It's Friday night at the at the park. That place is going to be on fire. And don't get me wrong. Could the Phil's only score two tonight? Sure. But I'm willing to roll the dice on that. Give me the, the uh, minus 105 on over three and a half for the fightings. That's where I'm going here. That's my favorite play. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Do you hate that play? You're not no, hit- I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know how to – because Tim was saying that this could
1: be a low-scoring game, and I, I yeah. agree with that in a way. I don't I don't. I feel like this game could get opened up for both pitchers, not just you know, Musgrove uh, going to pitch well and Suarez Dun- I think both pitchers, you know, enough that they can continue that against Musgrove.
2: All right. Give me a winning play. For the
1: game. For the game. I'll take Philly's money line.
2: Phil's I'll be simple. Line.
1: I'll take Philly's money line. All I right. think they win this game.
2: Philly's come out on top, take the 2-1 to one advantage in the series. I love it. Games 3 and 4 over the weekend. Or, uh, uh, yeah, 3's uh, th- 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 tonight, 4 and 5 over the weekend. Excuse me. All right, once again, DraftKings Sportsbook is where we are getting all of our odds and information from, so do yourself a favor. Get on over there. No matter the sport, they got what you need. DraftKings Sportsbook. Use braces, the promo code. Let them know you're listening to us here on The Gambler and The Daily Ticket. John Jansen, before we get out of here, sir. Love the you were passionate about the Phillies, weren't you? Didn't you just walk right by me? Yeah, are we come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come on. Will you say hi to us? Come here, come here, say hi.
4: Hello.
2: Uh, and your name is Becky. Hi Becky. Now you were very passionate about the Phillies. You said, "Of course, it's yeah. a must-win game." No, I, I'm
4: not. I'm passionate about their victory. Okay. I have to be honest. I'm a Fairweather fan.
2: That's okay. That's but you're, fine. You're pulling for them now.
4: Oh, absolutely.
2: So, what are you like a Yankees fan too or something?
4: No, no. Oh. what well,
2: makes you a Fairweather fan?
4: Um, I play, Casually
2: watching, right?
4: I, yeah. I play different sports. So I, I find myself attracted to other sports on TV oh, versus good. baseball. Oh, I love it. But uh, not tonight.
2: Tonight's all Phil's.
4: Tonight's all Phillies.
2: <laughs> and the weekend. Perhaps. Give me some dap.
4: <laughs> Very nice to meet you, Becky. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Philadelphia's got to win. That's Only it. because yeah. we, 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 we need some good news here. Yes. Right? Yes, some we do. Good news.
2: Yes, we do. We need some hardware. That's what we need we got a lot of good vibes right now, but we've got to finish. Yeah, we need so, we need something in the trophy. Or else yes. it's just it's been a fun yeah. couple weeks, right?
4: Yeah, I'm actually talking on a deeper level. I want I want the whole city to come together Amen. on a super positive note. Amen. Where we can all rally and say we are Philadelphia and be happy about it. That's
1: been the best part of this run. I would it's love it. It's been
2: a lot of fun. I would love it. Are you a fan of the Union? The Philadelphia Union soccer. Do you yeah, like soccer? Yeah, that's right. good, too. We're winning, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Becky, you're the best.
4: Winners. We, we are a winning team. We're Philly win- on
2: top, ladies right. and gentlemen. Let's keep it. Oh, uh, boo. Yeah, call it. Boo. Call it. Call it. <laughs> oh, Becky, it's all good. You didn't do anything wrong.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just make Kyle work a little bit.
2: Yo, bro, you recording that? That would have been good content right there. Let him go. Uh that. <laughs> Double dump. I'm out. Yeah, all right. We're good. We're good. It's all good. You were on it, right? Slash all good. Hey, yeah, we
1: could have just yeah. ended with Becky. That was just the perfect way to
2: end a show, and then that guy had to come in there. Let him go. Let him go. That dude ain't worth your time. Up high. All right. Close us out, Slash. <laughs> Welcome flush to tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to flush it and move on. Wow. Happy Friday, folks. That was good. I had to give the mic out, didn't I? I had to do it. Oh, I can't even concentrate right now. That was Becky, you didn't do anything wrong. Thank you for stopping by. Go Phils. The Phillies, come, I'm with you. We're all coming together, all right? That's what it's all about. Even that guy. Even this. No shootings. I love it, Becky. Even that guy. What a nut. <laughs> all right. Uh, A fun Friday here on Main Street, man. Young, Colin's ready to fight him. (laughs) Anyways, it's daily ticket. We are rounding up shop. Have my man. Cheers, brother. Go Sixers. Go Phillies. Go Flyers. Go Eagles. Go Union. Hey, here's what we got. Coming up next, it's the College Football Preview Podcast with John Jansen and Joe Tanzi. Uh, that's coming up at 6 o'clock. Of course, we got The Divide, and we got Balls, Bats, and Bets with Tim O'Keefe, so a busy Friday night. Phillies coming up. First pitch, 7.37 p.m. Back at it tomorrow and Sunday. No rest for the wicked. Any final thoughts, John Jansen? Go, Phils. Are you on the radio? Go Phils! <laughs> Slash. Great job as usual back there. Shout out Joe Tanzi. Shout out Yassine coming through. Mama's Boy Cafe. Great stuff there. Please check them out in Fat Lady Brewing. And uh, Tim O'Keefe joining the show. Everybody have yourself a wonderful weekend. I will talk to you on Monday. I'm out to the News. Everybody, go Phils!
0: Peace.